Okay, well, multitasking, doing everything with one arm. We're, we're trying this again, and uh, we'll see. We've uh, Phil Hawkins and uh, Barbara McNamara and myself are joined by Stephen Harmison, Courtney Harmison, Leighton Harmison, and somewhere off in the distance with a, a tablet. I'm always glad when he comes to see me because I got that tablet. Uh, is Caden Harmison, and they were talking, Caden. Um, Stephen and Courtney have a new baby, Layton. First time we got to visit, uh, Layton, you just continue being quiet. It's okay, buddy. And uh, they were telling us about the school in Cambridge City, and it just sounds so awesome. And and you, they, they don't have to just walk in single file down the hallway, right? Right. They got hopscotch. And jump, skip, hop. Zigzag. And, and what was the name of the room where they can go and chill? Sensory room. Sensory room. And they can go, they, they, get, they get stressed out. They can, they can go there and play bongos or, or uh, I've got bongos here in the kitchen. That's what I do if Barbara's awake. And, oh, there, there he is. <laughs> He's pooping. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> That's gonna, what little boys do and little girls too. He's going to express his feelings. As long as he don't he express them out on the table. That's, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, so, well, Caden, I guess, I guess, you know, if we're around to see you in a couple of years, we'll be able to say, yeah, you come over to our house and pooped. <laughs> so, woo-hoo. That's blackmail stuff. But I need all that I can get. Get them kids, get them kids to behave. So, so anyhow, uh, it sounds like a really cool school uh, in Cambridge City, Indiana, uh, where uh, I I looked and I've I've got a Facebook friend out there uh, uh, and uh, a musician. Don't even remember his name right now, but but there's a bunch of people. Uh, connected to him out in Cambridge City, so I'll have to look for that and send you a link. Did you guys get a chance to listen to the sermon yet? I tried to listen to that. And? I, it kept freezing. I would make it like a minute and 13 seconds into it, and it would stop, and I would have to back out. Were you on the highway? <laughs> no, no, we was at the house when you sent that to me. You should have enough Wi-Fi to do that. That's what I thought, but it wouldn't play through. Well, if it doesn't play through, uh, see what what the deal is, because, you know... Well, I think I'm getting ready to switch my phone. Um, I think we're going to take the SIM card out of mine and switch it over to Courtney's grandma's phone. Okay. It's two, one, like two of them newer. Well, mine, mine's steadily... I can exit out of it and uh -huh. go back to where you log into Wi-Fi, uh -huh. and when I do that, I still get that roaming signal at the top. I tell you what, when 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 you do that, you bring me your old phone, okay. because uh, I'm having trouble with our house phone. Right. We're getting all these uh, uh, okay. calls, and I'm sick of it. So what I want is two cell phones, okay. and we'll we'll go with that. Okay, I'll bring it back. Okay. So, yeah, that'd be that'd be that'd be good. So, no cigarettes in baby. Well, no cigarettes is a good thing. Don't uh, I? I wonder sometimes if I'd have been a lot better off health wise, 
if I hadn't been in house full of cigarette smoke. Well, these boys have been really, we don't smoke in the car at all anymore. Well, she she doesn't. She's still smoking a little bit, but she's working on quitting. And uh, Best thing you can do for yourself and for the baby. I was raised in the house with my mom and dad and my aunt and uncle. Now, Mother only smoked a few cigarettes after supper. Joe was a... My no, aunt Bobo was a chain smoker, they cold to you? and Uncle <laughs> Sid smoked a pipe of cigars, uh-huh. and Daddy was a chain smoker. Uh-huh. I can remember my girlfriend coming over, who had no smokers in her house, and she'd get into the walk into the front room of our house and just start oh, yeah. coughing. But I didn't notice it. Oh. So I've been inhaling since I was three months old. Yeah. Mama. Cigarette smoke. Do you want a regular knife, Courtney? Oh, no. I'm all right. Well, supposedly this little guy, Layton, likes music. Phil, would you mind getting a guitar and let's test this theory? He's going to wake up and talk to us for a little bit. We're, we're going we're to see if he'll sing or fuss. Oh. Things are lively here at Frank and Barbara's <laughs> coffee house. <laughs> we, uh, Caleb called, said he wanted to fix mashed potatoes, so I had mashed potatoes boil. Caleb called off because of the weather, but uh, Courtney and, and uh, Stephen and Phil and Barbara and I are doing a pretty good job on those and now we're going to get Phil to play some music and see how uh, uh, Baby Layton uh, likes that. Just, uh, I don't know if we can stand this much excitement, but we'll try. Podcasting is a whole new world for me, so it's probably a toss-up as to whether this will ever, ever be uh, published. But on the other hand, my standards are very low. <laughs> so, we'll see. Uh, what's a good song, Phil? Oh. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. Papa's gonna buy you a mockingbird. If that mockingbird don't sing, Papa's gonna buy you a diamond ring If that diamond ring is brass Papa's gonna buy you a looking glass If that looking glass gets broke Papa's gonna buy you a billy goat If that billy goat don't pull Papa's gonna buy you a carton bowl If that carton bowl turn over Papa's gonna buy you a dog named Rover If that dog named Rover don't bark Papa's gonna buy you a horse and cart If that horse and cart fall down You'll still be the sweetest little baby in town <laughs> Alright Alright Now, how long have you been playing that one? That was in the first book I used to teach myself guitar back in 65 Really? What was book was that? The Game of Guitar, Jerry Silverman Jerry Silverman, I've seen that name before Yeah yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. 
I wonder where he was from. What you gonna wake up and see us? Don't know, but it, it, you can still get his books used on Amazon. Really? Hey. Yeah, they're out there. Hey, are you hmm. gonna wake up and see us? I got the one beginning the folk guitar. Later, I picked up. The, he had another one, the folk singer's guitar guide. I got the second volume of that. And oh, later I picked up a classical guitar book, and for a while I've gotten away from it, haven't kept it up. But I, for a while I was even able to read music on it. Really. Guide. Silverman was using tablature uh -huh. where there's six lines and he'd put, he'd put a number for where he'd hold the fret down. Now what key were you in? C. C. I, I, when I was just learning to play guitar, I was always struggling, and harmonica, always struggling because I couldn't figure out what key people were in. So I'm a, a big proponent of announcing what key the guitar player is in. Uh, so that anybody that wants to uh, do a little bit of practice uh, knows where where at least to start. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, part of what why I learned to play by ear when my dad found out I had started that finally learned to play guitar. He, when he was home, we we played together. Catch was. Well, there was only one guitar in the house, his. So I'd play that, and he would play his mandolin or banjo. Ah. But I couldn't recognize his chords. Right. There and is that problem. Sometimes I... But that's partly why I, I had to learn to hear where the song was going and figure out what chord he had just changed to. Right. Right. I think the hardest part of playing guitar is, is getting the, or any instrument, a stringed instrument, is getting it in tune. Uh, thank goodness we got electric tuners now. When I started out, I had to tune to a harmonica, and I was never quite in tune with everybody else because <laughs> I would always bend the note a little bit. I was a blues harmonica player, and and I think my my uh, I, I would use an E note to tune that top E string. And I think after playing a harmonica for a while, that uh, that reed in there started getting a little bit limber, you know, that. and flatting out a little bit, and and so uh, uh, I was kind of like Yank Rochelle, you know. I was almost in tune with myself <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else. That uh, made it interesting, I suppose, if if you were kind of a liberal musician. Those conservative musicians that go to school and have to be in exact tune probably were really frustrated. I I started out by playing harmonica. I was in uh, having a really difficult time in my life and and uh, started playing harmonica and and somebody got me started playing blues. Well, I became a, a nuisance to every guitar player I met. It, and I found out after a while that nothing strikes fear into the heart of a harmonica player or a guitar player like having some guy pop up in front of them while they're at a gig making you know vast sums of money like five ten dollars an hour plus pizza mm -hmm. and uh, and having some harmonica player hold up a harmonica with a while and you know a while look in their eyes you want a jam 
I've seen faces go white and people almost pass out on stage from that. It's exciting. It's fun. You know, it gives you something to do while you're sitting there if you get bored. Yeah. You know, if they're, if they're not playing songs that you, you really want to learn, you just whip out that harmonica and ask them to jam. And listen to them stutter and make excuses. Anyhow, uh, the fond memories, fond memories. Baby, you, you know what? You played that song and Baby Layton quieted down. So we have one positive uh, uh, yeah, and I, my, my talking is not thrilling him. Got another song here, Phil? Oh. Now I gotta think of something. Uh oh. <laughs> Does Caleb have that lullaby memorized? I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's hard to keep track sometimes. We've been, well, that I know of, we played guitar in my family for five generations. Yeah. Gail and his brother are fifth generation. I didn't know about my great-grandfather until Caleb dug out. My dad was playing a song that Caleb didn't recognize, and there was one that my dad remembered his grandfather singing to him when he was a kid. I never knew my great-grandfather because he died before I was born. But when my family got together, we played music. My family, uh, on, on my mother's side, my grandfather played. and That was a big influence on me. Uh, Granddad Howard, uh, uh, Charles Henry Howard was from Owensboro, Kentucky. His his father was a Baptist preacher in Owensboro, and he was a, uh, a riverboat gambler and and uh, banjo and guitar player. And he uh, the black sheep of the family. I, yeah, I think I think <laughs> he 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 gave black sheep a good name, but anyhow. Um, uh, I was visiting. I was a little kid. I must have been maybe five or six years old. He got out a guitar and strummed it, and it was just like the skies opened and the birds began to sing. And and I had heard the music on the radio. It did not affect me that way. But there's something about a live guitar in the room that just blew me away and still does. So, well, he quieted back down. And, what do you think? You want to try another song? See if it wakes him up, or we see if we can get him to go both ways, or if he'll just keep sleeping. He just keeps sleeping. Yeah. I mean, that's what I do. I just turn my phone on. Yeah. I put YouTube on. I've been playing a lot of uh, like bluegrass music. Yeah. For him, the Steel Drivers. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. I don't think I've heard of the Steel Drivers. I've been listening. I listen some to Billy Strings. He's a bad, he's a bad little Yeah, kid. and Molly, uh, what's her last name? Uh, I, I forget. Uh, uh, this gal I, I heard Billy playing with. Really fine picker. She played a banjo? Uh, no. Uh, she was playing guitar, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I, I listen to quite a bit of bluegrass. 
I listen to quite a bit of everything. And there's some of them that will surprise you. Back when Caleb was a teenager, before we moved up here, we'd go to what's called an open jam at a pizza place in North Vernon, Indiana. Joe's Pizza. One of these little shops. Pizza by city standards was pretty poor, but small town. Mm -hmm. But on Friday nights, the rule was older country and bluegrass. And there was, there was one guy, every time he came, you, you, sooner or later in the evening, he would get around to singing Seven Spanish Angels. It was his song. But once in a while, a fellow from farther south down by the river would come in, named Michael Cleveland. Well known these days as a bluegrass fiddler. Uh huh. What isn't as well known is he's also very good on guitar and a couple other things. Cool. So. So yeah, we've been in jam sessions with Michael Cleveland and Caleb. Cole. Cool. <laughs> I'll have to have a listen to him. Yeah. He's gotten awards for his bluegrass fiddle. For us on the other end of stuff, but back in the 80s, I found out I could freak out the teenage girls in, from the church, because way back in the past, A lot of that going around here, Phil. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's been getting worse since I got, ever since I got past sixty. Yeah. So you were freaking out teenage girls with because because I've led worship with this guy on the piano. Uh huh. About ten years later, maybe, well, maybe five or six, we started hearing his name on the radio. And figured out, oh, this is the same guy. But when we knew him, he was a college kid. We were part of the group that operated the storefront mission church in one of the slums in Cincinnati. Appalachian slum, by the way. And because of this... 1860s building that was heated for most of its life with coal. We couldn't afford to dry cleaning bills to our suits for church. <laughs> so we were the only, about the only church in town he could walk into in his favorite clothes and drag a blue jeans and flannel shirt and t-shirt and not get fried by the book. Yeah. <laughs> He's, how old is he now? Eight days. Eight days. Mm. Oh boy, what a fancy blanket. Yeah. That looks like one of them cowie built blankets. <laughs> Holstein style.
So the girls in church were impressed by this piano player? Well, but that I had worked with him. Ah. But he was nobody back then. Yeah, yeah. It was later that, that I've led singing in churches since I was a teenager. Well, now, Complete with the old hand motions and all. Oh, yeah, yeah, the shape of the sacred harp? or No, this is late stuff. But, but they had a, a church camp I went to one time. They had a, a, a class available on leading singing. And I was always musical, so I sat in on it and learned a few things. But I kind of, probably it was a junior year or, or a little later, I started I occasionally would lead singing on Sunday night and later Sunday morning. Folks, I wish you could see this, but baby Layton, eight, eight days old, is, is piecing out with Stephen's cell phone on his chest. What's that song he's playing, what you're playing on there? Blue Side of the Mountain. By who? The Steel Drivers. The Steel Drivers. I'm going to have to check. That's a good sound you got going. It looks like Baby Layton's okay with it. So far. name finally came is Rich Mullins. Rich? Mullins. Mullins. Okay. He was a big name in contemporary Christian music for a while. Then he died young. Oh, man. Golden man. It wasn't a traffic accident after he was out on off-road situation. He died in a car wreck. You know, I'm getting kind of militant about not being out on the road. I'm 77 years old. I have had too many accidents, and I don't recover like I used to, Phil. Yeah, it does take longer. I'm finding that, too. It used to be if I felt a cold or flu coming on, I crash for a day and get rid of it. Yeah. Since I turned sixty, it takes me two or three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't I don't want to be doing that if yeah. I can avoid it. I'm still driving, but we're also making my family and I are making plans for when I can't drive anymore. I drive to the store. I drive if I got. I, I'm a good enough driver, but. You know, I'm, I read all this stuff about how pollution is causing problems with the air and, and you know, it supposedly it's heating up the planet and, and then the oil barons who've got to have oil to sell. And if I stay home, I'm not contributing to any of that. And I get every, every dollar I was going to spend putting gas in the car, take it out of my wallet, turn it over, put it back in my pocket, and I've doubled my money. So, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's, uh, oh, that's a nice sound. With this cell phone, I can, uh, I can uh, have a little bit of fun, and uh, I, I talk to people all over the world and never leave my living room unless it's to walk back to the back, back room and, and lay down for a nap. Mm -hmm. And I like that a lot. Of course, I'm not out looking for a wife or anything, so that helps my proposition. So, anyhow, I, uh, uh, 
I think about those things probably too much. That's why I got to keep putting all those uh, uh, cartoon and puns and jokes on Facebook so I won't get too depressed. Uh, so. Well, I got to kick out seeing what you come up with these days. I tell you, it's amazing how much funny stuff, and it doesn't repeat. You know, some of it yeah. does, but they're always coming up with some new little something that you think, oh. Man, that is funny, and I... And some of the stuff in the comic strips, I don't follow most of them closely anymore, but there's one I, I was put onto it by another friend, a younger generation, she's a bit older than Caleb, but she works in a Best Buy store. Yeah. But there's this comic strip in the papers called Retail. The setting is a, a department store called Grumbles, and the characters are all the regular staff of the store. One guy runs the stock room and has to do all the shipments, and there's his helpers. Marla, the, man, the store manager, her assistant, the other stock room people, and occasionally one of the executives shows up, and everybody hates him. Because he's, he's always ringing them out about not making their... But it's kind of a... The guy knows how to have fun with it. What's the name of it again? It's called Retail. Retail. Yeah. If you Google Retail Comic, you'll turn up. Okay. Yeah. The, the author's name is Norm Futi. F-E-U-T-I. Well, I spent two years working at a discount store in Cincinnati when I was first married. Yeah. So, it, it rings enough bells with me. So, I worked in this, went under. They were doing well, they were one of the top ones in Cincinnati, but then two things happened. Second generation took over, tried to expand too fast, and racked up too much debt. Uh huh. And then Walmart moved to town. Oh, one, two, bam, yeah. hit the floor. The, yep. the combination killed them. Yeah. It had been so much debt that it got by. Yeah. The other thing was interesting. For years they operated, they were never open on Sunday. Uh-huh. This, and this was long after most stores were. Uh-huh. Because they were in so much debt, the, their bankers finally pushed them to, st to be open on Sundays like all the other stores. But at that time I was long gone from there. I was in, in the remodeling business. But uh, I knew a fellow who by then he was the company chaplain, but he had, he had worked in the store for years before they put him in that. The opening on Sunday didn't really do anything for him financially. In fact, it made things worse. Because they, they weren't selling any more than they were, but they were having the higher labor costs because they right. had to cover Sunday. Right. But they, their customer base was still the same. They were just buying as much as ever were. But yeah. they didn't get any new customers out of it. Yeah. So the, the opening on Sunday really wasn't working for them. Huh. Because they sold it. They didn't sell any more than they were before. Hey, I just had, I just had a thought. You got that tailor that you brought for to drop off with Caleb, and yeah. Caleb didn't come. Would it be more convenient for him to pick it up here on the way to Sweetwater? Because you could leave it here for him to pick up. 
I could put it in the back room. Nobody goes back there besides me for the most part. Well, I don't know. I may just wait and later in the year go up and take it up myself. I would have to go up after it anyway in two, three weeks to pick it up. And right now, my car won't make it. I hear you. Well, it would make it, but I'd have to put about four bottles of power steering fluid in it to get to make the, the fridge back. Yeah, no one do that. Don't want to do that at all. It's it started using power steering fluid about a month ago. And it is going through a twelve ounce bottle in two days. I took it in the shop I know. And they found the problem that it costs almost as much as the car is worth to fix it. Ah. Woo. Not good. Eight hundred dollars for repair for uh Maybe $1,000 car. Okay, well, I'm getting ready to take a break here. This is uh, uh, Frank's uh, uh, Folknet News uh, broadcasting from Barber's Kitchen. And uh, with a long history of good food and harsh words for people that don't behave themselves. <laughs> so, here with uh, saying, saying goodbye with Phil Hawkins. Uh, Courtney Harmison, Stephen Harmison, Leighton Harmison, and the inimitable, one and only, hardcore, Mr. LinkedIn, online, Caden Harmison himself. Uh, I just love it, you know, Caden comes to visit and we have all his fun together. He mm -hmm. has his fun, I have my fun, never the two shall meet. He's online now. We'll talk to you, and I'll be online soon. Bye-bye.